0: You're tuning in to a very special edition of Millennium Live. We're switching gears and putting the staff in the hot seat. We'll get to hear from the truly phenomenal team behind the events.
1: Director of Customer Success, Kate Florian, shares why her role was created and has become a vital part of the business.
2: I guess a little little bit in, we realized that not only is our main focus executive education, but um, we have a lot of people that – and companies that come down that sponsor the event, um, that are um, bringing down content and their platforms and solutions that are really going to help these companies. And from then on, we want to make sure that business is moving in a um, forward momentum, that, number one, people got the value from their solutions in you know, any one-on-one setting or a workshop setting um, or a roundtable – And that after the event, these companies and these delegates are utilizing that information and moving forward in a positive direction, being that could this solution help their company? And because we have such great content and the value that it brings, we realize that we need somebody to help push this forward.
1: The Millennium Alliance takes pride in the quality of attendees during our assemblies. As part of the Delegate Acquisition Team, Justin Chu shares his most memorable delegate.
3: I'm going to mix it up a little bit with this answer. Since I started with payers, it was very interesting to see the insurance side of things. And then once I shifted to CISO, I kind of shifted my mind in the terms of cybersecurity for the health insurances. So it was a collaboration of both. Um, And then when I went on CISO for the majority of my campaigns, I actually booked the Deputy CISO of Cigna and Humana. So it was a cool experience to get the payer side and then the CISO side of it together. So, yes, it was a pretty amazing feeling.
4: Very cool.
1: Yeah. The Millennium Alliance is proud to partner with amazing solution providers. One of our great employees who makes the partnerships happen is Matt McDonough. Here's why a Millennium partnership is elite.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's always great. Um, yeah, just seeing everything happen in action and just being able to, uh, you know, shake hands with the with the folks uh, that you've been talking about, that you've been trying to find these. Uh, uh, you know, for my end, um, basically when the research team gives me the briefing on some of these initiatives and some projects uh, or some companies that would be a good uh, solution to help with these issues, it's good to see to want to learn about these really innovative solutions, uh, and then two also being able to uh, help line them up Um, and then obviously the ultimate goal to help them out, solve their issues, which is, you know, satisfying in a sense. (laughs) Yeah, definitely satisfying, but it's also cool. um, just kind of seeing it and happen as like, you know, I didn't come up with the tech to help. I'm not the, you know, important CMO, but uh, it's good to see them come together and, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, the happiness that they have. I think it's pretty good.
0: Now, what what is the positive feedback that you get from some of these solution providers after they've been on site?
3: Yeah, so there's usually uh, usually goes into a couple buckets. I think the one I like the most is, hey, I hadn't no, I would have never thought about reaching out uh, to this brand because I didn't think they would have this problem. Uh, but then when it's when you sit them down with them, you give them the briefing, um, you know, all the pre-intelligence works that we do uh, you know, to make these meetings very uh, relevant and bottom of the funnel type opportunities. Uh, they're often pleasantly surprised on both ends from the solution provider standpoint of being, I don't think I would ever reach out to this person. Uh, even though the, you know, the title was relevant, the company seemed a little bit outside of our expertise. And then on the flip side, uh, some of our members, um, you know, Hey, I'd never heard of this company. Uh, I thought they did X, Y, and Z. And it turns out this is actually what I've been looking for for the last six months. So, um, that's probably one of the, uh, so that's like a good option from there and then the second part is just kind of this you know um, you have these folks that have been sort of chasing down these uh, some of these executives so the opportunity for them to finally sit down and talk is just you know when they 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 say hey you know I've, I was trying to talk to this guy from Lazada for the last 18 months and then I was able to speak with him and you know his counterparts all within a day and a half so it's um, definitely so it's yeah, <laughs> it's <about> definitely <laughs> Yeah, definitely uh, satisfying to hear. Um, just you're know, kind of on both ends of just uh, you're know, really finding the the right uh, solution, basically.
1: Erin McCabe leads the client services team, the team that brings our events to life. What do you think makes her day?
0: You know, it actually really makes I think all of my team's day when a solution provider sponsor just has a really great event, and they walk away saying that this was fantastic. I mean, that is the ultimate goal in the end, to make everybody happy. But of course, it can be a little bit harder when it comes to the sponsor aspect of it, because, you know, you're just trying to make sure that their event is as great as possible. So, The delegates also, of course, I mean, they have their own needs and whatnot. So even when the delegates come over and say that this was a fantastically run event, that everybody was great and it was really well organized, that's just the most that I can ask for someone to say about what we do here.
1: We're all about innovation, which is why we have great events. One of our newer events is the Patient Experience Transformation Assembly. Here to talk about it is Bradley Parrott.
5: I came in, and uh, the first assembly that I put on was the Patient Experience Transformation Assembly. It was the first iteration of the event. Um, And the thing that I liked most about it was I was kind of given the autonomy to build it out in the fashion that I thought would be best for the program itself. So reaching out to people who I thought would uh, kind of bring the most value to the event, um, and also uh, in a space that's relatively untouched. uh, Patient Experience is is a new world uh, or a pretty new industry, I'd say within the last 10 to 15 years. And, um, it's something that is, is really popular right now, specifically in the healthcare industry and something that a lot of people are trying to capitalize on and, and improve. And so we're putting together the patient experience assembly to allow them to really collaborate and speak about some of the different issues that they've come in in in, uh, in touch with and some of the successes that they've had.
0: So now who are some of the, um, top job titles that come along to the patient experience? Who is it focused on?
5: So we reach out to chief nursing officers, chief experience officers. In some instances, chief operating officers will have the responsibility over the patient experience uh, that is Because it's a relatively new job, there isn't always chief experience officer for a hospital or health system. So the responsibility can kind of fall under somebody else's branch. Um, But uh, yes, mainly chief nursing officers and chief patient experience officers. It can be challenging in terms of finding the right candidates. However, when you do find the right people, you can tell that they want to learn from each other. Again, it's a new space. So there isn't a lot of information out there on these topics, so being able to have the opportunity to sit down with one another and mind share, collaborate, uh, is something that they really want to do. So we're kind of in a, in a good spot with this assembly right now.
1: Our amazing social media director is Jenny Shecker, but that's not all she does here at the Millennium Alliance.
4: It was crazy because I also really have a love for the client interface part of the job. Um, I've always really liked to interact with our clients, and um, I had a lot of good ideas doing my social media role. And I was very interested in traveling to the on- on-site events. Which I think they're so amazing, and I really wanted to be a part of it. Um, so I think the one event I went to was a one-day event in New York, and it was my one chance to kind of show my passion for the company and you know kind of show who I am on site. And after that, I think Aaron and Freya approached me and asked me if I wanted to join that team, the client services team. And it was a great, it was an honor, honestly. I was very happy. I felt very blessed. Um, But then I didn't want to give away social media because I still really loved that part of it. And it felt like my baby in a way. Like Freya and I worked. Yeah. Yeah. So Freya and I worked so hard. So it kind of felt sad to me in a way to walk away from it. So Frey and Aaron came up with this idea to make sure I can do both. So that's what I'm doing now. There's
0: no red tape here. You have the ability to spread your wings and fly.
4: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And um, my wings were definitely spread and I definitely flew out of the social media nest.
0: (laughs) You have an acting background. And so I have a interesting question. How do you think that those acting skills relate to what you're doing now? Is there a relation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I
4: think it makes me fearless in a way when I talk to people. I think that doing something as little as, you know, talking to a client at the assembly or being able to approach people, um, having those skills to just talk and even doing this podcast, you know, it's just like it's the skills I never thought were going to follow with me and they really did. And it's interesting because it's it's like, wow, acting school paid off then. <laughs> like, right. that's great.
1: <laughs> you might see this guy on stage at one of our events you may see him booking keynotes he also goes by chairman of the millennium alliance advisory board
6: booking the keynote speakers is uh one of the funnest and most enjoyable parts of what i do and um, i think what we do uh with the assemblies on site so you know when we have From anywhere from 120 to 150 C-level executives and you're looking for a keynote speaker, it's really, you know, the the top of the top. Um, And one of the best parts that I enjoy about my job is, you know, the the people that I get to reach out to and have conversations with and then get to work with. Um, You know, we're talking about some of the biggest high-profile people in government, um, in healthcare too, some of the legends of the marketing and IT and cybersecurity world, um, and I get to talk to them and work with them. So it's a lot of fun. It can be challenging, but it's enjoyable, and then having them at the assembly and is yeah is a fantastic reward for everyone.
0: Now, post-event, what are some of the responsibilities, so to say, of the advisory board? Are they creating content? Are they recommending attendees? How do they come into play post-event?
6: So one of the yeah that's a great question and I actually was just on a phone call with two of them earlier today. Um, so one of the things they do is they give us feedback um, from the assembly. Uh, you know whether it's topics you know we need to have at the next ones. You know the highlights we don't see everything on site. Uh, they're in the sessions. Uh, they're talking to the executives as well as some of our team, um, but they really have that industry wide scope. Uh, you know, and they, from one assembly to the next, they straight away start thinking about people or topics and, uh, making suggestions. One of the best things they've been doing, uh, this year is writing on our new, on our digital diary platform, um, regularly, you know, doing interviews. Um, and you know, one of our advisory board members, uh, has just written a new book and the Millennium Alliance is featured in the book.
0: Oh, wow. That's got to feel good.
6: (laughs) Oh, it's great for the company and, you know, it's more a testament to uh, everyone who comes to our assemblies and, you know, the partnerships and the conversations that happen, you know, at the assemblies and the year-round engagement.
1: And now we hear from Danielle Denigris, who works on the Alliance executive team in the marketing space and why Millennium is a great place to work.
4: I've been here just over a year, just past my year mark. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm having a great time. Love the environment. We have a really great team here, all the way from our executive leadership to our sales floor and our events team. We all work together really well. The environment is pretty light. We like to enjoy each other's company during the day and put on great events, so I'm loving what I do.
0: Now, did you ever see yourself in a role like this?
4: I've been in this industry for a few years. And um, I I really like it because it kind of pulls together uh, my backgrounds in banking sales as well as I was in um, travel and hospitality before this. So it really actually brings both of those worlds together um, in what I do now. So it's a great fit.
1: And now an industry legend. He is the Alliance and winner of last year's Millennium Christmas Prize. Kara just had to find out a few serenity secrets.
0: When you talk to your clients, I'm sure that you get a lot of feedback post-event, and you've been on site before, so I'm curious what they say about what do they love to do the most at our assemblies? Is it running a roundtable? Is it doing a workshop? Is it having these one-on-one meetings? What do they say they like the most?
7: Yeah, combination, I guess. The one-on-one meetings, definitely they love because that provides the most value to them. Post assembly and going forward, those connections for them then become clients and business for them on their end. So that's where they get their return and their ROI. The thought leadership stuff is really cool from like a mindshare perspective, it's peer to peer. So they get to learn from their contemporaries and their colleagues. And then make really great business relationships and network at the same time. But yeah, I think the meetings are probably the biggest value.
0: I'm curious, what do they say to you are the benefits? Have you heard positive feedback in terms of coming to an intimate event? What is it about the Millennium Alliance that they seem to like so much?
7: I think the thing that surprises them the most is the fact that we can get that many C-level executives in the same room at the same time. You know, I've been to a lot of trade shows, I've been to a lot of other events, and The level of audience is typically director, VP, manager, a few C-level. Ours is 100% C-level. And yeah, I think it's pretty impressive to them that we can get that many C-level executives in the same room at the same time.
0: Right. It really makes the difference.
1: And now it's time to interview the interviewer, our number one MC and manager of Executive Education Partnerships, the voice of Millennium Live Digital Diary podcast, Kara Bernstein. It was mentioned earlier that we have 100% C-level executives attend our assemblies. What impact does an academic presence have at these assemblies?
0: That's a great question. And that's one of the points that we've really been trying to stress and what we've been trying to grow within our assemblies is bringing academics on site. A lot of these C-level executives just don't have the experience of hearing from academics and getting their perspective. And it's such a unique perspective that they have to offer. And so that's why we as a company feel really strongly about bringing them on. And me as myself, (laughs) feel like it's a really important task for me to provide this for the assembly because it really makes such a difference.
1: Another huge role that you have at the Millennium Alliance is the content side. And being a performer, naturally, you get to interview a lot of these keynote speakers and academic leaders. Uh, Tell us about that.
0: That was part of my role I did not expect. You know, being on site, I love to travel, so I'm very happy to be on site. And then adding this extra element of, connecting with these academics and these thought leaders and these keynotes one-on-one, it really, it's um, it's incredible. And I never thought I would see myself doing that. And it's something that I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is something I could get a little bit more into. Maybe I'll do another interview on site because it's something that brings out my creative side. I have that musical theater background, so it's really great to be able to do that. And of course, the caliber of attendees that we have. You know, it's really amazing that I get to interview them. And in terms of the content that you had mentioned, I didn't come in with the experience of knowing all about healthcare and all about digital enterprise. And so being able to write the agenda for our programs has been really helpful in terms of being on site, interviewing these professors, these PhDs, these CEOs. Um, You know, I wouldn't necessarily be able to have these types of conversations with them if it wasn't for the content side behind the scenes. So I think that it's a very cohesive role and everything really makes sense and comes together. And I'm I'm very happy. Thanks for listening and be sure to check out our other interviews exclusively on Digital Diary.